Welcome to Born to Thrive, Going Deeper with God. Together, we will journey into the heart of God as revealed in His Word. Discover why we were created for more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Born to Thrive, Going Deeper with God. You know, in the pilot episode, I talked about how God has established a firm foundation for us as the body of Christ to follow. He has one plan, and yet we have added to the firm foundation of Scripture our own ideologies, our own opinions, our own biases, and we've mixed that in the foundation, and it's caused a mess. I am not at all saying, and I think I mentioned this in the pilot episode, I'm not saying that good things are not happening today in the church because they absolutely are. We are seeing powerful things happening. Um, we're seeing people um, really coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. However, the sad part about it is that we are supposed to be so unified that regardless of where people look and find Christians, we look like Jesus. And unfortunately, that is not happening. Even though in our camps, in our isolation, we are accomplishing good things, we are still falling so short because of the divisiveness, the mixture, the hypocrisy, and all the things that we have added to the beautiful truth of God's word. And so I like to put it this way. We should love Jesus, right, without a close second. And these close seconds, if we love Jesus and then we love anything else um, the same in our own minds, we really aren't loving Jesus at all. And that's what Jesus talked about in scripture. So that being said, I really want to talk about idolatry. And the reason I want to start here is because it looks like that's where God started um, in the Ten Commandments. He said um, in Exodus 20, uh, he, he starts off and he says that you shall have no other gods before me. And so we oftentimes think of idolatry as something that happens in third world countries and other places that are less civilized. I mean, we don't necessarily in our country bow down to idols uh, made of stone and brick or whatever. Um, but we definitely have a lot of idolatry in the church today. And it is actually the idols that we create that separate the church. I want to bring it back to this again. In John 17, 21 through 24, Jesus prayed a very powerful prayer before going to the cross. He actually prayed this. He said, Father, I pray that they, meaning us, they would be one. He wasn't just speaking of his disciples, and he made this very clear. He says, I'm not just speaking of those who are with me now, but those who will believe through their words. That's you and me. And he said this. He said, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one, that the world may believe that you sent me. And this very message of unity was so prevalent in the early church. So prevalent. And yet today it's not prevalent. And the sad truth of it is, is that because of our idolatry, and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute, people can't see the clarity or the beauty of the Lord through a unified church from every tongue, tribe, and nation. Um, even though we may, we may worship differently, we may belong to different denominations, there's only one church, only one church. And until we can get to the point where we see that we need each other, 
instead of believing that our camp, regardless of what that is, has all knowledge, then we're going to be in a hot mess. So let's talk about idolatry and let's talk about the mixture that has crept into the church because of our disobedience as as the church. And when we think about idolatry, you think about anything that you value at the same level or even close in your own brain, close to God. It can be it can be anything. It can be your family. Are we supposed to love our families? Of course, we're supposed to love our families, but we love and esteem God above all else without a close second. Let's just say you love your luxury. I'm going to talk about the idol of luxury. Um, in America, we are so blessed, right? We have wealth, we have food and clothes, and we have the ability to be able to move up the corporate ladder. Um, we have education. We have so many comforts in our nation. And because of that, a lot of our comfort mentality has crept into the message of the gospel. So we're not preaching about the kingdom of God. We're preaching about the kingdom of America, and they are not the same. There may be certain aspects of the American values that mirror the gospel, but they're still not the same. And so let me just put it this way. If you value comfort, it's very uncomfortable to be with someone that maybe looks different than you are. They are from that side of town or they're from a totally different culture. And so your emphasis is not going to be on how can I get to know my brother? How can I help my brother? How can I love my brother? How can we come together? It's just not that way. We are willing to gather with uh some of us, and I would say the majority of Christians are willing to gather for events, you know, maybe a unity conference or some kind of conference. We're willing to get together for events that you meet people and it's kind of fun. And then you get to go back into your comfort zone or your, I like to call it a camp, right? That's not exalt. That's not what God had in mind. Uh, when he, um, when he prays for unity in the church. That is not what he had in mind. We literally need each other. And if it's almost as though um, we're functioning at a much lower capacity than we should if we worked together and if we acknowledge the fact that I have knowledge from the Holy Spirit As I read God's word, I have knowledge, but it's only partial knowledge. God says that we see in part, we prophesy in part by the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit says that you need your brother who may have a a revelation by the Holy Spirit that he is supposed to share to this part of the body. And so the pride that comes in that makes us feel as though we have all knowledge And my brother doesn't or he doesn't. I don't see the same way that he sees causes craziness and it causes division. But let's go back into the idolatry and what that looks like. It looks like when we are willing to exchange the truth of what the scripture tells us to do with our own comfort and then we justify it. That's idolatry. It's idolatry. The Bible clearly says that if your brother is in a need, is in need, it affects the whole body. 
right? The Bible also says that we are to love our brothers and sisters as we love ourselves. So if someone over here, this part of town is hurting and they are barely making it and you're in your comfort zone and you have everything. Let's just say I'm over here in the suburbs. I have everything. I'm building million dollar buildings. I'm doing great things and everything is running as it should. But then you have someone over here who can't even pay to ha keep their electricity on. And I'm okay with that. Or, you know, I'll, I'll throw some change over here. Here, here, brother, here's some change. Then I've done my part. That's not oneness. That's not oneness. So that, so the, the love of comfort causes division in the body of Christ because we are called to be like Jesus who laid down his life for us. Actually, Jesus laid down his life for all, even those who will never receive him. Think about that. Jesus laid down his life, even for those who nailed him to the cross, even his enemies. He was willing to die for their sins. He didn't just die for the sins of those that he knew would accept him. He died for the entire world, those who would love him and those who would hate him. And so when Jesus says that, you are to love the Lord your God, and that's in Mark twelve thirty. He says, you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. That's all of you, right? All of your affection, right? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment is like it. You're to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And First John, it says that if you say that you love God and you hate your neighbor, you are a liar and the truth isn't even in you. How sad is that? I'm going to just say it. Think about the election. I don't even think about that one. We always think about 2020. That was a tough year. Tough year for me personally, but I think a lot of us went through a lot during that time. For me, what was more devastating than, the COVID, than COVID was the foolishness, the foolishness of the church. I saw more bickering and fighting and division and slander during that time than I've ever seen in my entire life uh, happening within the church. During a time when we as a body of Christ could have come together and demonstrated love not only for one another, but for those who are hurting, we were fighting over foolish things, fighting over a mask. Is that a Christian issue? I don't really care whether or not you believe in wearing a mask or you don't believe in wearing a mask. All of those different things, that's, that's your opinion. That's fine, but it's not a biblical issue. The biblical issue is to love. And what does love do? Love is willing to sacrifice for the needs of your brother or sister. As a counselor, I saw both extremes in my office. I saw people who felt like it was a God thing that they fight against wearing a mask. And then... My next appointment, I'm sitting with um, someone who's weeping hysterically because they lost numerous family members to COVID. And um, they had a family member that was still in the hospital dying of it. So what does love do? Does that mean that you have to agree with everything? It does not. We don't have to agree with everything, but we do have to show love and compassion. And we must be willing to sacrifice for your brother or your sister when they're hurting. That's not a bib it's not a biblical issue. It's not. It is an opinion, but it's not biblical. Love, love 
always trumps what you think. How you handle things is based on love. And we have to be able to separate what is a cultural value and what is a kingdom value. A king, they're not necessarily the same. So when we decide that we are going to love each other, it means that it, we cannot be so self-focused that we can't feel the pain or the concerns of our brothers and sisters. It also means this, and I want to I want to talk a little bit about this right now because I feel like it's still uh, well. It's the season that we're in. We're 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 coming up on another political uh, season, and actually, we're in it right now. We cannot be foolish enough to dismiss the word of God and his passion and his heart to see his children unified. We cannot dismiss that for the sake of our, of politics. I am not saying that we shouldn't vote. We should vote. We should be able to do, we should be able to support the issues that are important to us, but we cannot allow anything that is temporal separate what is eternal. Um, I want you to think about it this way. We all, if you have children, you love your kids, right? The one thing you want to do is to protect and to love your kids, right? Um, it is devastating if you see that they are fighting and won't speak to each other. It breaks your heart. Imagine how God feels when we do that to one another. Imagine the grief that we bring upon the Holy Spirit because we've elevated our natural kingdom, uh, whether it be our passion or our, um, you know, politics or being patriotic or culture, whatever that is that, that we say God and this other thing are equal in my heart is idolatry. Um, imagine the pain that he feels when we when we actually reject him and we cling to our idols. Jesus put it this way, you cannot love God and mammon at the same time. That would imply anything. You cannot love God and then love the things of this world at the same time. Now, when we talk about love, it means to have like undivided affection and loyalty regardless. That is for that is for God. It is not for the things of this world. Um, Jesus said to pray, my kingdom come, my will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This has to be in our mindset that as kingdom people, that we hunger and desire to see his kingdom come. And I believe that as we come together in unity, we will begin to see the same thing that happened in the New Testament where multitudes will come into the kingdom because they will see and see the demonstration of the children of God walking in love and in the power of the Holy Spirit because we're not grieving the Holy Spirit with our division. We are loving the Holy Spirit and inviting him to take every part of who we are, every idol, remove it. Anything that blinds us from the Savior, take it away that we might behold him. And as we behold him, 
alone without a close second, then people will see a unified church of believers who aren't perfect, but are striving to not only love God with all that they are, but are determined to bring glory to God and to bring honor and worship to God by loving even the least. There should be no person, no person anywhere um, that is in the presence of believers who feel rejected by God. We need to be the ones to bring them in and to love them, to walk in truth. We believe in walking in the word of God. So we don't condone sin, but we do it in humility saying, look what he did for me. (laughs) And I was a hot mess. He can do the same thing. And what you're searching for out there is all found in Jesus Christ. So that's a little bit about idolatry. We'll probably go back to that because it's a real issue in the church. But um, my prayer is that as we seek to come into full alignment with God's word and we seek to love God with all of our hearts, soul, mind and strength and love our neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Jesus said, it's the one It's the one that may not look like you, think like you, walk like you, vote like you, talk like you. It's everybody is our neighbor, right? To love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you are struggling in life, you are not alone. We have a Christ-centered mental health team ready to walk with you down the path of healing. To find out more, there is a link in the show notes. Consider becoming a financial partner with Building Bridges Ministries. The link can be found in the show notes. Together, we will multiply kingdom impact. You are the water. Yeah. You are the living water. My well is dry. I need you in my life. I'm thirsty, send my way.